Chapter 4 The Sisters Till Tannis should have stayed in the bowels and slept the miserable day away. But now she'd started making mistakes. She simply couldn't stop. It didn't feel like a mistake, though, sitting on the balcony of the townhouse she'd bought five years ago. She squinted through the frosted window at her little sister, who was little more than a blur. Still, that blur had been enough to soothe her frayed nerves. Little sister. It made her smile to imagine Kiana's voice in response to that. We're only six months apart and I'm taller. She had to leave soon. She'd already lingered too long, but Tannis closed her eyes and listened to the music drifting through the glass. It was a peaceful accompaniment to her repeating thoughts, occasionally broken by a distant laugh or hooting owl. She was right to walk away from Ollinger, just like she was right not to interfere with the executions. It was one thing to be a thief, another to be a bleeder. And when Tannis was careful, Kiana was safe. A gust of wind, sweeping down the curved street, shook Tannis from her reverie. With a sigh, she gathered her cloak and pushed to her feet, then pressed a palm to the window in silent farewell. As she turned her back, her eyes caught on the glow of the distant moonstone to the west of the city, and she flinched. She didn't want to think of the witches, not right now but echoes of their presence lingered throughout the city in the things the Guardian hadn't been able to destroy. The Moonstone was one such thing. It looked like a silver mountain from here, glowing beneath the moonlight. Tannis curled her fingers around the shard she wore on her necklace, and her thoughts almost, almost, turned to what Lord Ollinger had called her. Luckily, Father had gifted her the stone, and his memory burned brighter. As he lay dying, he'd made her promise to look after her sister because nobody else would. And so, nothing else mattered. Even this short visit was a risk, and a faint flush of guilt warmed her at this indulgence. If anybody spotted her, they might investigate. If they followed her, they might connect Kiana to the bowels. If the hounds ever came calling, Tannis could run, but Kiana couldn't. Tannis could fight. But Kiana would have nothing if Tannis was dead. At least that was what Tannis told herself. It made everything easier to convince herself that her choices were always right. Reaching beneath her cloak, she pulled out a heavy pouch. Her stomach squirmed and she hesitated before dropping it on the balcony. It had been three months since they'd spoken. With a swish and a thud, the window opened. Tannis hunched her shoulders as if she might simply disappear. Standing before her, Kiana placed one hand on her hip, holding onto her cane with the other, her freckled brow lowered. With a sheepish smile, Tannis held the pouch towards her sister. It was some sort of victory that Kiana even took it, before limping back to her cello. Get in, Kiana grumbled, before you die from cold. Tannis hesitated. She was freezing, and Kiana's room, warmed by a crackling fire, was enticing. Fleeing this place was habit, and the evening's events had her feeling more jittery than normal. 
Kiana noticed her pause, and her frown threatened to harden into something far more guilt-inducing. All right, all right, Tannis muttered, ducking inside and shaking flakes of snow over the rug. She closed the window, then rubbed her hands together. I'm in. Kiana settled onto her stool, propping her cane against the wall, and began to play again. The fire, snapping and popping, was the only other sound as her music filled the room. Tannis didn't mind the frosty reception. The days when Kiana would greet her with hugs and smiles were long gone. Kicking off her boots, she shrugged out of her sodden cloak and draped it before the fire. Warmed, she leaned against the mantelpiece and watched her sister play. Maybe Tannis deserved an hour here, after all. Sisters they might be, but they looked nothing alike. Kiana was the image of Ellis Till, her mother. Her hair was a fiery red, and her eyes a deep blue. Tannis could only assume she looked like her own mother, their father having somehow gotten two women pregnant at almost the same time. Thick brown, near black, hair, dark brown eyes, and olive skin had not come from him. Unlike Kiana, Tannis was short and slim. Her sister was tall and large. It was a solitary comfort that Kiana cared little about her size, that she didn't blame her confinement. She liked cakes, proudly. Because there was a lot Kiana hated about her confinement. The novelty of the grand home had worn off quickly, and she'd begged to return to the pit more than once. It was something Tannis couldn't understand. This house was beautiful. The grey stone walls kept out the cold and the rats. The red-tiled roof was accentuated with flowering vines in the summer, and illuminated by gas lamps in the winter. Compared to the box room they'd shared with their father as children, it was a palace. And Tannis had filled it as best she could, with books and games and all the things people like them shouldn't have been able to afford. She'd even paid for tutors. Kiana had an education, not just the basics taught by their father. She knew words like amalgamation could do pointless sums, knew how to read music. Eventually, Kiana had stopped begging. Tannis pretended it was because she'd grown to love it here. The music cut off on Kiana's hissed breath as she flexed her fingers. Her knuckles were red and swollen. You know, Tannis said, carefully, that probably means you should stop playing. And the scratches on your face probably mean you should stop running around this city like you're untouchable. But I don't tell you what to do. She resumed the melody. Tannis bit her tongue. Kiana's rheumatism was one of many sore points between them. Kiana liked to pretend her illness wasn't an issue. Tannis couldn't do the same. Her sister would be sick for the rest of her life. Somebody had to think about that. And what it meant. Have you spoken to Nan? Kiana asked. Tannis pursed her lips. Here was another sore point. Setting aside the cello, Kiana folded her hands in her lap, hiding her knuckles from sight. What are you doing here, Tannis? I'm not allowed to see my sister? You didn't come to see me. You came to lurk on the balcony. To lurk on the balcony from which I could see you? Red spots bloomed on Kiana's cheeks. Tannis slouched back, bracing herself. You've been gone months, 
What if I wasn't here one day when you deigned to return? Can you imagine how it would feel? You can always send me a message. It's not the same and you know it. Kiana didn't really have a temper. Her anger was always controlled, managed. But Tannis did, and her bad day had left her raw. Maybe this is why I lurk, she snapped. Because you can never just be happy to see me. Kiana's nostrils flared. She swivelled on her stool, dragging the cello around with her. Back to Tannis, she tried to pick up where she'd left off, but the music was jumpy, agitated. With a groan, Tannis dropped her head to the mantelpiece. The two of them remained that way for some time, strings snapping and fire cracking between them. Until Tannis could no longer bear it. You know, if you keep pouting like that, the huntress will come while you're sleeping and devour your soul. Kiana looked back slowly, and Tannis flashed a grin. As children, she'd reveled in telling tall tales of the notorious huntress, the silver-masked ghost that some insisted had massacred hundreds in the Windwalker's church the night the Guardian came. Of course she wasn't real, the massacre was one of many committed by the hounds, but the children of Celestia had been kept in line with threats of her haunting presence if they misbehaved. Little Kiana had been terrified, but she'd always asked for more stories. Clearly, Kiana remembered those days too, for a wry smile crept across her lips, and Tannis let out a breath of relief. She slunk across the room and dropped to the floor at Kiana's feet. Without looking up, she rested her head against her sister's legs, careful not to press on her knees. Her sister stopped playing and tugged gently on a loose wave of Tannis's hair. Acceptance. Never quite forgiveness. Tannis took a deep breath. I had a bad evening, and the person I most wanted to talk to about it was you. But when I got here, I hesitated, because I didn't want to worry you. The more truth there is to a lie, the less you're lying. It was one of her weaker lies, but Kiana didn't push it. Well, now you have worried me. Explain. Have you ever come across the name Olinger in your books? She'd been pondering the mystery of his lordship for a while. Tannis had broken into the homes of countless nobles, but she tended to target the lesser sort, those that flaunted wealth but could only afford the most basic of security measures. For her to never hear mention of this Olinger, she wondered just how rich he truly was. Maybe she actually could name her price. I don't know the name. Should I? Maybe he's new money, like really new. But Tannis frowned even as she said it. Surely she'd have heard of him then. He? Lord Ollinger, Tannis sighed. He offered me a job. Kiana stilled as the words sank in. A lord offered you a job? Tannis snorted. But how were you even talking to a lord? And how did he... Kiana sucked in a sharp breath. Tannis, are you... Don't worry. He tracked down Nightlinger from the pit, not Tannis Till. He doesn't know anything about this place. At least, she hoped he didn't. Tannis glanced at the balcony, a chill passing through her. Kiana scoffed. I'm not worried about me. I just wonder how he could have heard about Nightlinger. She doesn't have a particularly noble reputation as far as I've been told. 
Apparently, he needs my specific skill set, and he's willing to offer big money for it. Big money like enough to buy our way onto a ship? Big money? That's what he says. But you don't trust him. I mean, why would you? It's strange, said Tannis, her eyes on the plastered ceiling. There was something about him that felt honest. That was why she'd risked coming here, even just to lurk. If the job wasn't impossible, I'd be tempted to find out more. As it is, I'd end up hanging from a rope. Kiana grabbed her shoulder. Then you don't do it. I know, it's just sticking with me, like a dream. It was why, ultimately, she'd given up on working tonight. Why she hadn't yet confronted Lucky and been confronted in turn. She couldn't bury Ollinger's conviction, Griffin's power, and what they'd called her. If you end up dead, it's no dream. It's a nightmare. The tension between them had passed, as it always did in the end. This was how their relationship had worked for years. Anger, bitterness, guilt, and love. The warmth between them could fade just as quickly. Tannis stared up at her sister and savoured it. What was the job then? Kiana asked. It wasn't even midnight, but Tannis's body felt heavy with an exhaustion she rarely felt. He wants me to steal something from the Guardian's tower. Oh, and he knows I'm a bleeder. Kiana choked. My reaction was much the same, Tannis laughed. But this is bad. If he knows you're a bleeder, won't he try to blackmail you or something? Where did you say he found you? The pit? Tannis grabbed her sister's hand, squeezing gently. Don't worry. He seemed... genuine. A fool, but an honest one. I don't think I'm in any danger from him. Kiana sucked in a breath, so she quickly added, But I'll lay low for a while. I promise. Kiana nodded, her lips pressed tight and her eyes bright with worry. I thought nobody could find you. Listen, he's leaving town tomorrow. He told me because he wanted me to go to his estate near the stone drums to prepare with his team. So he'll be gone and forgotten, okay? The stone drums? Yeah, said Tannis, jaw cracking around a yawn. The fire was making her drowsy, so she sank happily into the silence that followed. The other thing had been on the tip of her tongue, but as Kiana plucked absently at the strings of her cello, Tannis let herself be lulled by comfortable company. Minutes passed in that peace, which was as much as they'd shared for a very long time. This Lord Ollinger, Kiana said, eventually. He came to the bows specifically to find you, a bleeder? He already has a bleeder, said Tannis, voice slow with sleep. A fireforger. He came to me because... Again, her tongue stuck on the words. Tannis had always known what she was, her golden blood being hard to ignore, but she'd never known which of the five witches she was descended from. Whatever power she had in her blood lay dormant. She was a great thief, unnaturally fast and capable of leaping much further than anybody else she knew, but she couldn't make fire from nothing, nor churn the waves with a look. She figured her power had simply been diluted through too many generations, as it was for most bleeders, even before the witches died. Tannis had given up the dream of knowing which witch her blood came from, accepting that all it really blessed her with 
was an agility boost and an intense paranoia of bleeding in public. Because what? Kiana urged. Tanis took a deep breath. This was nice, talking to Kiana. Why not speak it back into existence? Just once. He called me a windwalker. Kiana's jaw hung open in the fresh silence as Tanis cast her mind back to when the witches lived. But she'd been so young. She couldn't remember ever seeing the windwalker, nor hearing specifics about what she could do. Control the wind, Tanis assumed. But she'd never so much as pushed a wave of hair out of her face without using her hands. You could be a windwalker, Kiana said at last. Sure, but I could also be descended from any of them. It doesn't really matter, does it? Whatever power I have barely exists. But... but what? Kiana hesitated, eyeing Tanis with a caution that sparked tension up her spine. Well, you've never spent time with others like you, not properly. Maybe this forger knows something about windwalkers, and that's why they came for you. Wouldn't you like to learn more? Tanis pictured Griffin. Not particularly. This lord must have had a good reason to seek you out. Kiana shifted. Why would he go to so much trouble if he doesn't believe the job is possible? What if he has some information that can help you? If he has that information, Tanis grunted, he should have told me when he had the chance. But Kiana ploughed on. This could be your chance, Tanis. For what? Of course, we can't get carried away. This lord might not be a lord at all. I can do some research, investigate his history if there's anything in my books. There's every chance this is a scam, and I understand we need to be careful of that. It's certainly bizarre. But if we verify that he is who he says he is, I think we should go to his estate and find out more. Tanis gaped at her. What? You'd be out of the city, away from the bloodhound. I know it's not ideal that somebody knows what you are, but we can't change that now. And like I said, maybe it's a good thing. A windwalker. She grinned. You always did love her church best. Tanis rocked back, forcibly shoving memories of the windwalker's church from her mind. You want me to take the job? Not necessarily. Kiana spoke in a rush. But we could at least go there and hear more. If the time comes and he hasn't convinced you, you quit. Learning what you can about your power in the meantime. You lay low like you've done so many times before. If you can avoid the bloodhound for 15 years, you can hide from some lord. Maybe not. He found me this time. But Kiana wasn't listening. Wasn't sensing her sister's plummeting mood. And maybe you can do it. Maybe you can get into the Guardian's Tower. You used to talk about striking against her. What if you can? I was a child, Key. Tanis pushed to her feet. There's no striking against the Guardian. There's no breaking into her tower. And there'll be no job. Please, Tanis, Kiana cried. Aren't you curious? Tanis pinched the bridge of her nose, turning away. It's not that simple. Kiana swivelled to follow her. Yes, it is. If you think this lord is honest, why not try? If something good comes of it, we can sell this house and... Stop. Kiana drew back, her eyes widening, and Tanis wished she hadn't said anything at all. She should have known Kiana would latch onto this. And now it churned inside her too. 
stirring buried thoughts and feelings long forgotten. She refused it. She hated talk of power and hope and witches. It didn't matter where her blood came from. It meant nothing to Tannis beyond how well it helped her steal. She wished nobody knew what she was. She wished her blood was red. Kiana's whisper cut through the room. I know the real reason you won't give this a chance. Tannis stiffened. With the life you lead, you could die at any moment. I'd never know what happened to you because only a handful of people even remember you have a sister. You throw yourself into danger every night, skirting around the edge of the bloodhound's senses. Risking your life is risking your life, no matter when or where you're doing it. Why not speak again to this lord? Tannis didn't look back. He knows I'm a bleeder. That's too dangerous. A moment ago you said nothing was worth me dying. Nothing is, Kiana stamped a foot beneath her robe. But you'll risk your life anyway, won't you? And if we go to his estate, I... Kiana faltered. She was breathless. Despite herself, Tannis met her sister's wide-eyed gaze. Tannis, I know you love this city, but it would mean everything to me to leave, to see the world beyond this street. And I'm trying to get you out of here. I work every night to... Don't, Kiana snapped. Tannis cut short, and a part of her knew she should have left then. She should have flown out the window before Kiana could speak another word. But a desperate part of her hoped they could find their way back to the warmth and the comfort of not so long ago. You think I don't see the truth? It's dangerous and expensive to smuggle two people out of Christnos. I understand. But how much money have you wasted on everything here? Kiana. Cheeks bright red, Kiana didn't heed the warning. You say you're saving for our freedom, but you don't want to leave Celestia. You keep hoping I'll be happy here. Kiana. But I'm not, and this estate might be... Often, Tannis spoke before she fought. Most of the time, she got away with it. She laughed. You think you could come with me to a lord's estate? There'll be servants, Key. Countless strangers we could never trust. Even if Ollinger's intentions are true, that doesn't mean everybody's will be. What if my being a bleeder is an open secret there? And if someone hands me over, what happens to you? Is some random lord going to look after you for the rest of your life? I can look after myself. Tannis blazed past that. I've spent too long keeping the two of us apart, and I won't waste my sacrifice by having people associate you with me now. The hounds are everywhere, not just in this city. Kiana's eyes were no longer bright with hope, but with tears. I never asked you to keep us apart. I've told you countless times it's ridiculous. Tannis marched to the fireplace, breaking eye contact to yank on her boots. Coming here was a mistake. Wait, please. Just listen. No. Tannis swept her cloak around her shoulders and strode to the window, yanking it open and relishing the cold. Tannis! With one boot on the windowsill, she froze. It's the middle of the night. Kiana struggled to keep her voice steady. And it's freezing. Stay. You know I won't, Tannis said, staring at the moon-kissed night. Kiana sucked in a brittle breath. Allowing herself one last moment of weakness, Tannis closed her eyes. Key, 
Her sister sniffed. Don't tell Nan about the job. It wasn't just the wind gusting through the window that turned the room to ice. Tannis pressed her forehead against the frame. Please, Kiana. I tell Nan everything. Why not this? You know why. No, I... Tannis's patience snapped. Because I don't trust her. She met Kiana's stare, and the pain in her sister's eyes might have broken her, but Tannis couldn't let it. Of the two of them, only one could shatter, and it wasn't Tannis. She had to be a storm, always raging. That's what father had told her as he died. She asks after you, Kiana's voice cracked. She's been part of our lives for five years, and... She's been part of our lives for five years because I needed somebody to sign the papers. She's a face and a name for this house because I can't be the face and the name. She stays because I put a roof over her head and food on her table. Without me, without the money I earn, she'd be slumming it in the bowels just like you would. Maybe I'm paranoid, but she's never complained about the measures I go to to keep you safe. She's not family. She's a stranger Ralph recommended. And her love for you depends on whether I pay her or not. Kiana jerked away, and Tannis felt like shit. She feels more like family than you do. Don't tell her, Tannis hissed, before sloping back into the miserable night. She didn't even stop to check if anybody watched her leave.